Mark Stein here getting educated on the Mavs, listening to the all-knowing Jeff Skin Wade and Bobby Corolla on the Numbers on the Boards podcast. What's up? We're back. We are finally back. Feels like it's been, I don't know, a year. How long or, has it been? Or two. I don't know, like probably like two or three weeks. Everything gets crazy this time of year. It, it does, man. It does. Time just vanishes. It is Numbers on the Boards. I'm Bobby Corella from Mavs.com. I'm fresh back from my one-week staycation. Joining me today is a guy who wasn't in Carolina last night, but probably should have been, mm. to help the boys over the line. He is the number one pick in my fantasy draft every year, Jeff Skinwade. Thank you, Bobby. I wouldn't mind doing a staycation podcast with you sometime. Oh, we should, man. Dude, wait till you get older and have like a bunch of stuff you don't know what to do with, and you go, you know, for vacation this year, I'm going to organize that pile of stuff. That does not sound fun. No, and your kids just look at you like you're a terrible dad. Come on, kids, <laughs> hit your closet. You'll love it. Oh, that sounds awful. I, I don't even clean my own closet. I don't know if I could, like, I don't, I don't have the heart to tell my imaginary kids to clean up their stuff whenever uh-huh. I can't even clean up mine. No, that's, you know, that, that'd be like a, a good job for OCD people is to go in and clean people's closets. I would do it. I would pay. Are you OCD? Oh, you're, you'd pay an OCD person. Yeah, no, I'm not clean at all. Yeah. You've seen my desk here, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, well, that's kind of like the whole Babs digital media department. Yeah. I feel like a lot of you guys have messy desks. Yeah, I, I just cover all of, I cover up all my messes with bobbleheads. Right. You know, so That's the thing. There's a lot of bobbleheads yeah, in a digital a media department for a basketball team. Luckily, they give a lot out every year. And this year will be no different skin. Uh, okay. We got Mavs basketball. So what day is it right now? September 10th? Sure. So we are 19 days away. 19 days and dude, I from have the been, Beijing Ducks. I've been dying to see the Beijing Ducks. Yeah, what they're too. rolling out this year. Yeah. I know they had a wacky offseason. Yep. I'm really curious what's going on over there, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. no, And also, uh, Luka Doncic might play, too, so that's something else. That's a good. Yeah. So the way this works is I'm sure people uh, at least have heard the term media day many times before. Yep. Uh, so the Mavs media day is September the 21st, which is a Friday, which as long as I've been doing this, I never remember it not being on a Monday or Tuesday. Yep. Uh, and then – Boom, practices start immediately after that. Uh, I'm sure people have been following Mavs Instagram and various Mavs Twitter stuff, and a lot of the players are already over there at the workout facility playing pickup games and and working out and doing things. So guys are already here getting ready, but practices really get your first start becoming official right after Mavs Media Day, and then boom, a week later – the Beijing Ducks. So yep. we're it's getting real, baby. And it's happening earlier this year because they're going to China, of course. They're, yep. they're over there. Uh, they play games in China on the 5th and the 8th. Was it so Philly? Th- yeah, Philly twice. Yeah. So they are leaving. I don't even know when they're leaving. They play Beijing on the 29th, and then they're probably leaving pretty soon after that. Do so you do g- a lot of team bonding on a long flight? Is that kind of what the deal is? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Well, Arya is representing us over oh, there. Oh, so Arya's going to China. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he'll come back and like him and Dirk will be best friends. We need to have Arya on the podcast. Arya's not like a crazy, like outgoing vocal guy. He's a very easy guy to talk to, but I, I don't envision him as like the broadcaster type. Yeah. But we may need to get Chinese stories from from Arya, right? That would, that would actually be really interesting. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that's why the Mavs, their media day in camp is going to start like three or four days before most of the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have up-close glimpses of Luka Doncic way before Trey Young is playing in Atlanta. That's right. So take that, Hawks. Yeah, man. But uh, in the meantime, yeah, so ticket skin. If you want to see the Mavs play Beijing, heck, if you want to see the Mavs play the Lakers or the Warriors or the Sixers, not in China, but in Dallas, uh-huh. uh, you can buy those tickets now. Single game tickets are on sale at Mavs.com. I thought there was a really interesting article over the weekend. Things kind of run together now because it used to be that the, you'd get the paper in the morning and then you look at the articles, but now they always leak online before they end up in the physical paper. So I don't know if this was Friday or Saturday or whatever. All these editors out here just leaking stories. <laughs> but it was... Uh, uh, an article in which Carlisle was talking about, look, our fan base probably doesn't know that much about Luca because they're not watching Eurobasket or they're not watching Real Madrid or whatever. Um, but they are going, and I'm paraphrasing what Rick was saying, but they're going to be sorely disappointed if they miss a lot of Luca's rookie year because I think there's an anticipation that he's the next thing for the Mavericks that really matters in the history of this franchise 
and you're going to relish all these opportunities to see him, not only early on, but also he's going to play a lot. He's going to matter a lot. He's going to factor in a lot. And you don't want to be the guy that was like in 2003 going, man, I really like this dirt guy, right? Hey, well, isn't he great? And it's like, yeah, where have you been for the last three and a half seasons or whatever? So yeah. uh, I thought it was really interesting that Rick was putting the, the bat signal out early. Hey, don't sleep. And so even if you're just doing single game tickets, you know, go in there and pick the tickets you want. But I think we're going to have more people – uh, here for the preseason games that we've had in a long, long time. Yeah, for sure. And there's only two of them, yeah. right? So there's Beijing on the 29th. There's Charlotte on the 12th. They only got four preseason games this year. I think we're broadcasting the Charlotte game. on Yeah, Fox Sports. Yes. I, although I think the Beijing game, well, I don't want to say, but I want to say it might be on Plus. It might be. Is that right? I think so, but okay. I'm not positive about that. Okay. Don't quote me, people listening at home, or you, Skin. I, I won't, I don't promise. Don't quote me on that at all. Don't threaten me. The great thing, not only is single game tickets on sale, and you always think about basketball tickets, well, there's 41 home games plus preseason, so that's a lot of games that you have to buy tickets for, right? Yeah. But we have, like, many plans, man. We got 10-game plans. We have half-season uh, half plans. The good thing about a 10-game plan, let's say, like, your buddy really wants to see LeBron and you've never seen the Warriors play. Get one that has the Warriors and the Lakers and split it with your friend. That way you don't, have to, you don't have to shell out the money for 10. I mean, I know that tickets can get up there depending on where you want to sit and everything. Split them with someone. That's a really smart thing to do. We also like it. We'll talk about Dirk's charity event in a second, but sometimes, you know, uh, I'll host these charity events, or me and Ben will do it together. Ben's done a bunch of them. Followwell does a bunch of these. But like, they, there's always these live auctions or these silent auctions. What I always tell people is, man, you've got a buddy that's got the same taste as you've got. Split it. Yeah. Split these things. That's a smart way to go about and have these incredible experiences that that most people don't have access to do. And I think the the ten game packages are really you know, smart way to go about that as well. And I actually know a couple of uh, MFFLs, my buddy Tyler, for example, and I'm giving him a shout-out because I know he listens to the podcast. He's flying to Phoenix. For oh, the, for opening night, right? Because he wants to see Aiton versus Doncic. Yeah. And you know what he did? He's a smart guy. He reached out to uh, the Phoenix ticket office and said, hey, I'm coming in. They're like, oh, well, we appreciate your uh, patronage, even though you're a Maverick fan, and they, they rolled out the red carpet yeah. for him. Dude, so, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, plan some Mav road trips this year. Yeah, for uh, sure. This is – uh, this is the 180 pivot, man. This year is the 180 pivot. We'll do some predictions a little bit later in the podcast about where we think things are headed, but uh, it's all up and up from here, baby. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be awesome. So buy tickets. If you get a package, you become a season ticket holder and you, or season ticket member, sorry, and you get all sorts of benefits. You can see skin at uh, at different Mavs events throughout the year. It's fun if you sit behind me. You can look at the back of my head and say, hey, "Is that a real bald spot or what's no, going on in the back no, of his hair?" No, no, no. That's that's all natural. Yeah. It's, all, it's all it's all hair. You can go. A couple years ago, we went to the uh, the uh, Cirque du Soleil. Like a year before that, we went to Six Flags, and all the players are there. You get to meet all them. Yeah, Luda. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. And this year, we got some really fun stuff too. So just yeah. do that. Go buy tickets. Go to go to games. It's going to be great. It's different TV, obviously. I want you to watch Skin on the broadcast. If you can't beat the game, watch us. But we'd prefer yeah. you're at the game. Yeah, because that way you can make fun of Skin in person. Yeah, man, I love that. You don't have to just troll him on Twitter. No. Uh, oh, God. Random, random dog person. Line up to the left. Yeah, and then also uh, this weekend, more pertinently, we want you to come watch Dirk play basketball, but we also want you to watch Dirk play tennis. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can do that this weekend, this Saturday. That is Sept 15, the Dirk Nowitzki Pro Celebrity Tennis Classic. It's going to be at SMU. This is, I believe, the third year that he's done uh, it. This is the third year, and it's at that uh, yeah that SMU facility is really, really nice. It is really nice. And um, there's good tennis players in it, like legit tennis players. Like Andy Roddick was there. Andy Roddick Dude, was, was there. All, and he was not like he was not taking it easy on anybody no 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 Andy doesn't want to come he, he so he drives up from Austin yeah so what happens too is there's a charity event the night before like this you know VIP kind of charity event and Roddick doesn't he and that's so like uh there's always a special guest performing and those that, that's not open to the public but my the reason I'm telling you this is Andy Roddick lives in Austin with his wife Brooklyn Decker the model and Andy Roddick last year uh, drove up Saturday morning, or maybe it was late Friday night. He didn't go to the big party thing. He didn't have time because they have young kids. Mm -hmm. So he drove up, you know, participated in the tennis thing, and then immediately drove back because his wife had something the next morning and he had daddy duty. Oh, wow. But he's that committed to Dirk's causes. Yeah, well, and he won, I think. Yes. He won last season. He's, he's trying to win this thing. And it's, it's a cool event, and – 
this year, so last year, Berea was in it. Berea might have been, been, in, been in it both years, I believe. And Brea's mom was a tennis coach. Really? So Brea's got a tennis background. Okay. Okay. Because he looked like he kind of knew what he was he doing. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. And I've seen, you've probably seen, if you follow him on Instagram, you've seen videos of his son playing tennis and basketball and things. And also when uh, Carlisle had the charity ping pong event, both Dirk and JJ were really good at table tennis. Yeah, it is table tennis, not ping pong. Yeah, sorry. But, uh, uh, but uh, so anyways, they, they do have those kinds of hand racket skills. But this year... Dwight Powell is going to be in this bad boy. The Canadian? Yes. Is tennis a big sport in Canada? Not as far as you know. No? Uh, I have no idea. I don't think so. But he, you know, he's a Toronto guy, so he's really close to New York mm. where the U.S. Open is. And then didn't he go to one of those? Uh, he went academ- to Stanford. Yeah, but he also went to one of those academies oh, in Florida. Oh, yeah. And uh, I know that that's a big tennis state. So maybe he fiddle farted around with tennis when he was down there. He seems like he'd be really good at tennis. Yeah. I mean, he's got the long arms, obviously, but he's quick on his feet and spry. Can you, you can't know? wait to see that serve man is he going to bring the heat it's fun when Dirk rears back and lets it rip he says I don't know if he's joking or not because like I don't know how to judge uh miles per hour with my eyes it's not what we humans are meant to do but he says that he can serve over 100 I I believe I don't him. doubt that I now whether him. or not the ball goes in the square it's supposed to go yeah. in is a different thing yeah um I will uh you know obviously the DallasMavs.com will tweet it out Dirk will tweet it out I'll tweet it out a little bit later but we'll put the Ticketmaster link out there if you just want to go to our Twitter accounts and, and click on it directly, unless you have the... Uh, uh, yeah, you can go to dnfoundation.org. Perfect. But also, I'm sure throughout the... I mean, we will definitely be tweeting it. You'll be tweeting yeah. it. So if you don't, whatever. If you don't remember dnfoundation.org, just go to twitter.com. DN Dirk Nowitzki. It's easy yeah. to remember. But uh, get on it quick. Those tickets go fast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this year, uh, they're 20 bucks, man. So that's a, that's an easy that's an easy Saturday morning. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm assuming most of you have not been to the... This uh, facility before it's great access. Uh, me and Ben are roaming around with wireless microphones, kind of doing quasi comedy bits. In the past, Ben Stiller's been there. Owen Wilson has been there. So it's it's a really fun event. It's not like uh, I mean, the, everybody's competitive when they have a racket or a ball or a bat in their hand. But uh, it's more of a fun upbeat kind of event and in the end when you have the, the finals everybody gathers at center court and it's really cool and a whole heck of a lot of yeah, fun. and you're like 30 feet away from Dirk yeah you're closer than you probably would be at a Mavs game honestly standing on the edge of greatness yeah absolutely so that's uh that's basketball on a tennis court <laughs> but over the weekend actually or this might have been maybe right before the weekend I forget what day they do no it was Friday Saturday. is when it started coming down yeah 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 so all this hall of fame stuff happened uh the basketball hall of fame springfield massachusetts we had some mavs connections two of them actually go into the hall of fame this weekend the great jason kidd and the similarly great steve nash that is two of the all-time best mavs two of the best point guards ever to play both played here uh jason kidd of course drafted by the mavericks steve nash spent most of his kind of formative years with dirk Uh uh-huh um Two really good players, Skin. I don't know if you what if if you want to kind of say your ode to them or. Uh. Yeah. So um, there was a really great. You know what's interesting is how many ties uh, our organization has with Phoenix, and it's not just sharing players. A lot of it has to do. I think the main reason I think is because of Donnie coming from Phoenix. Yeah, one and, of the Colangelos were there for right? a while too. And Donnie had Donnie was the guy that picked Steve Nash for the Phoenix Suns. If you ever heard Donnie tell the story, it's it's really interesting, and he basically put his career on the line and said, "I would put, you know, it's your pick, Donnie. Who do you want?" Well, I would pick Steve Nash. Never think twice about it. But uh, when the Mavericks made the trade and they sent Jason Kidd and Tony Dumas and Lauren Meyer to Phoenix for Sam Cassell, AC Green, and Michael Finley, at that time Ben and I knew Tony Dumas really well. And so Dumas would we would talk back to him when he and he was like, man, you can't imagine in practice this Steve Nash guy is just waxing everybody and he never gets to play. It's amazing. And he was just hyping up Steve Nash. And then obviously Nash and Dirk came here on the same day. And so Nash's accomplishments on the court mean a lot. But I think what he really did for our franchise is acclimate Dirk to America. I think that's a, one of these things that kind of goes, I don't know, underrepresented or maybe doesn't have the important people's minds taking this shy 19-year-old German and 
you know, getting him acclimated to this world. Nash was instrumental in that. And a lot of Nash's old friends or Dirk's Al Whitley is still in the organization, for example. So anyways, as, as all these stuff was coming down on, on the hall of fame weekend, Danny, uh, Bollinger, who's been with the team forever since, you know, before Cuban owned the team, him and Cuban were friends. There was this really great picture that he put on Instagram and everybody in the picture had been a maverick. It was Steve Nash shooting over Dirk and Damp was coming down the lane and Stackhouse was trying to bo- uh, box out Sean Marion. Oh, nice. And so I'm, I'm looking at this picture. I'm going, man, everybody in this picture was a Mav. And then obviously Kid and Nash going in together. Mm. They have big Mav ties. They have big Phoenix Sun ties. Uh, but I, I just – I like that sort of – and then obviously we had some incredible uh, playoff series with those teams clashing. And so – uh, that's a really fun part of, you know, a decade and a half ago to me. Just really great basketball memories because that was coming out of the death bed that was the 90s and this sort of reemergence. And I just have such good memories of all those times, and I like all the people that are involved, and I'm really, really happy for those guys. Yeah, and two guys who were here for some really, really good Mavs years. Obviously, I don't need to remind you about 2011, but Jason Kidd was – so instrumental on that team and everything that he everything that that team did his fingerprints were just all over obviously Dirk is the guy you think of but Jay Kidd was incredible so whenever he was on the floor in the 2011 playoffs the Mavs had a 99.8 defensive rating wow in the playoffs I'm so glad you said that because when you were talking about uh contributions my first thought that I think is not talked about enough is with Deshaun and Kidd and Sean Marion on the floor together you know, even when they switch pick and rolls and stuff, those guys roll strong enough to not really let the bigs take advantage. And then they really bodied guys on that front perimeter. They played aggressively. They knew Tyson was back there, too, if guys got around him. But they all three of those guys set a really physical tone on the perimeter defensively, and Kid was a huge part of that. Yeah, and I think he still has the most rebounds by any guard ever. I'm, Is that right? I'm pretty sure that Kid has the more most than rebounds. Magic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah. I don't doubt that. Magic's uh, well, Kid, was yeah, Kid short, played obviously. longer. Yeah, he played longer. Uh, and you know, the thing too is like those hands are so ridiculously strong where yep. he would just yank the ball away from bigger players. Yeah, kind of Devin Harris sort of on steroids. Almost. Very, very alpha. That's mine. Yeah, I don't care who you are. That's mine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, setting a tone. Uh, yeah, Jason Kidd was just a miraculous player and. The thing that I is always special to me is when you have this Hall of Fame caliber player and people always go, well, that guy deserves a ring. Well, Jason Kidd was in, uh, was with the Nets, and they were on the downside. They'd already been to the finals. They had peaked. And he was looking around the league trying to figure out where he was going to go win his championship. And he saw beauty and excellence and brilliance in Dirk that I think some of his peers overlooked or – that they didn't have the confidence to vocalize publicly. You know, because back then there was terrible narratives that Dirk was soft, where people that knew the game knew that that was a joke, that was something that bad analysts that don't really know basketball would say because of bad stereotypes. Kids saw, I'm going to win a championship with that guy. That's a guy that's out here in his prime that I can team with and go win a championship. And what do we always credit Jason Kidd with more than anything is his – basketball brain that computer brain his ability to see the game and understand the game on a different level and that's a good example of that he saw in Dirk what some of his other peers weren't really savvy enough to see and look at the result and one thing that we've praised Dirk for right down the stretch of his career is being able to and being willing to adjust his game to kind of um, meet the demands of his age right? right so he's not taking 20 shots a game anymore He's not taking a lot of one-legged fades or anything. He's more spotting up. Well, J-Kid was the same thing. Whenever he came to Dallas, he was like 34, 35 years old. So mm-hmm. he had to take more of a, a backseat role behind Dirk, yep. who at the time was on the ball a lot. And so Kid, his first three years here, was the kind of the the uh, his Achilles heel early in his career was a shooting. But his first three seasons in Dallas, he shot 42.1% on more than 800 threes his you know, first three the, years here. And the image that I have in my head still is all on game days, you know, getting here early and seeing Kid working with Tim Gergrich, the legendary, legendary coach. Uh, assistant coach slash player development coach. He came up with Tarkanian at UNLV, and he's just so revered by so many people in the league. And when co- uh, when Kid coached in Milwaukee, he had him on his staff there. Yeah. But I just, have, I just see it uh, walking in the gym. There they are. 
they were working on it. And he was working on threes, working on the places where he was going to get those opportunities and knock them down. Yeah, I mean, he never, ever, ever shot threes. And and J Kid too. This is something I actually didn't know until I read um, the Soul of Basketball, which I would recommend for literally everybody that has ever watched an NBA game. It's a book by Ian Thompson. It's about the 2010-11 season. It's awesome. Um, it's mostly about LeBron, kind of and Kobe, and but I mean the Mavericks are obviously a very uh, central part of that right. book because of what happened at the end of the year. But in that book, Thompson kind of chronicles Kidd's career. And whenever he was traded from Phoenix to New Jersey, New Jersey was coming off a year where they won like 25 games. Mm -hmm. And then Kidd's first year in New Jersey, they went to the finals. Was that the – that was Marbury, basically. Marbury for Marbury Kidd. Is for that what Kidd, that trade yeah. Was? I mean, I, I don't think there was much more to it than just that. Uh-huh. But, uh, I mean, you think of the early thousands nets. You think of Kidd, Richard Jefferson, Kenyon Martin. They had Kerry Kittles and then obviously Vince Carter later on. Right. But, like – Kid was the really the only change on that team, and they went to the finals. Yeah, so that's how good he was at the peak of his powers. Is like I can come to that's like LeBron level. LeBron left Cleveland; they won like fifteen games. Right. Kid went to New Jersey; they went from last place to literally the finals. It's, it, that's it's, amazing. And what it is is you know we talk. It's the importance of a, of a great quarterback in the NFL is is what a elite level point guard does. He just evens so many things out with your offense, and also. Uh, it's funny, man. I was people like it's the whole recency bias where it's I'll I'll hear people go, man, Dirk's a terrible athlete. No, he's not, man. I mean, in his late thirties, he doesn't compare to LeBron, and he'd never compare to him. But go watch Dirk in his early twenties; he was tying dudes up in knots that were seven feet tall. And I was I read something over the weekend where well, Kid was not the most athletic guy. I'm like, my God, I, I remember Kid about. just yeah. mauling people like physically mauling them, just so much strength and speed, and he was a stud athlete. New That's Jersey's cool. fast break for those five years was, like, Insane. terrifying. Yeah, and how many – just go look at uh, images of – or, you know, YouTube clips of Kid in his 20s, just breakaway after breakaway after breakaway. Yeah. So yeah. just people He, he, was, people he put their people minds. on posters. I found I, – I don't know where, but a highlight reel of Kid's rookie season. And he was, like – he was routinely dunking on people. Yeah. I mean, he's six four. He's a big, strong guy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, crazy talk. Yeah. Uh, Steve Nash, by the way, just one more Nash stat. Well, a couple more. His teams, according to Kevin Pelton, led the league in offensive rating from 2002 to 2010. That's nine Kids years teams? in a row. Or no, oh, Na oh, Nash's, Nash's teams. teams. Yeah, yes. Nash's teams. That's yeah. absurd. Yeah, that is insane. And uh, I'm sure that kids' teams, honestly, were probably, like, top five every year during that run, too. Right. Uh, but from 2001 to 2010 – Steve Nash averaged 16.8 points, 9.6 assists on 49.6, 43.7, 90.8 shooting splits. And and where, where do you sit on the classic? Uh, what would have happened if Nash and Dirk stayed together? Do you, do you ever have uh, go like? Do you like going down that rabbit hole? Uh, honestly, not really. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, the what if stuff is cool, but I think it's almost co i wish nash would have won a championship but i think it would almost be, have been cooler had they split up and both won yeah you know i, I mean, think i think like in the grand scheme of things it made both of them better and yeah, for sure you know whenever we get into these hard intangible conversations but you know the mavericks gave nash a huge chip on his shoulder and and also the other thing too is the maverick team if you look at the nash finley dirk teams we didn't really have a role guy Kind of La France at times, yeah, sort of, uh, not yeah. really. So Nash needed Stoudemire, uh, and he needed the space of the other guys to fully have his brilliance and be able to conduct and do all the things he did. And so, you know, if Nash and Dirk stay together, I don't – I mean, it's going to be great because they're two MVP caliber players, but I think they both needed to grow away from each other, and they're both Hall of Famers, and uh, they both had exceptional careers. And unfortunately for Nash, you know, when – he he, uh, he got the second go around. He just physically couldn't hold up anymore. Mm. Um, but uh, but no, I mean I, I I just think that what happened needed to happen in a lot of ways for both those guys. It would have been cool, and they would have had a lot of cool playoff runs, and they might have even won a championship. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But uh, things were changing at the end of the '04 season anyway. Nelly was gone by the end of the following season. Avery came in, put Dirk in the post, and that just changed. Obviously, revolutionized Dirk's game, especially that elbow. Yeah, action. when you t when you tell the story of his career, you think, well, if without Avery, he wouldn't be shooting one-legged fades. He wouldn't no. be posting up or around the basket, and he definitely wouldn't have been doing that if Nash was the point guard. Nope. 
So, and Nash wouldn't have been averaging 18 and 11 or whatever he did in Phoenix if Dirk was ne- his sidekick because Dirk would be getting the ball, you know? You know, Nelly and Cuban had their issues, and that's been well documented, but I really just think that Nelly gave up when Nash left. I, personally, it was kind of it was kind of the end. Yeah, he was just like screw this, and uh, and I think that's the reason. No offense to anybody, I think that's the reason Devin Harris started the first game ahead of Jason Terry. I really think that that was Nelly's way of going. I'll show you that mm. De- Devin Harris was not ready to start ahead of Jet. Uh, now Jet came from a system where he needed to get reacclimated. There were some issues there, but that was Nelly going screw you, Cuban. I'm going to start this rookie, and. Uh, and we've talked about this, so I went to Maui this summer and got to hang out with uh, Nelly a little bit. And I was like, so who's the greatest player ever coach? And he said, oh, Nash. Like, he, he ne- it was never even – wasn't Steph Curry, it wasn't Dirk, it wasn't Sidney Moncrief, it wasn't whatever, Chris Webber, Mullen, it wasn't any of that. Tim Hart, it was, oh, Nash. Yeah. Like, without a hesitation. Wow. And that wasn't even during his – Good years. Right. And know? he and he said he used to find Nash if he didn't shoot a certain number of shots because he had to do that. He's like, I had to pull his teeth. But I think the other reason I did this segue is just to say, wow, did the internet have fun with how Nelly looked yeah, on Friday? Oh, my God. He's looking, like Dirk said he looks like the villain in Taken, which it, is a pretty accurate take. He looks like a Russian mob lord, dude. He had his long hair slicked back. I think people were shocked if they hadn't seen him in a while at how skinny he was. Yeah. You know, he's lost like 50 or 60 pounds since he gave up his beloved Bud Light or whatever it was he drank. But uh, and then also he traded it out for a more natural for a more natural thing, yeah. and I think that natural thing was hanging from his neck. That was a <laughs> was that a, a weed necklace? I don't know what that was, know. but it was so funny. I saw a picture of him uh, up against the famous uh, death row picture from Vibe magazine with Tupac and Shug and all those guys, and <laughs> Nelly looked like he was trying to be part of the death row crew in the Dude, uh, a decade ago. That is so. a guy that is just living his best life, you know. Absolutely, He's that's how you game. retire. And I wonder, I wonder. I mean, I don't, I don't know Donnie that well. You probably know him a lot better than me for sure, but. Uh, I wonder what Donnie's going to do post basketball if he's going to kind of unwind the way that Nelly has. I think uh, I think it'll be a different style of unwind. I don't know that. I think they have different, you know, and who knows as you age. But Donnie's got such a mover shaker energy to him, and I think he really enjoys the development side of things. He's been involved in a lot of great developments here in the DFW, and I, mm-hmm. I quite honestly, I think he he still loves going over the globe and chasing the next great guy. And I, I know, too, did, did the picture that everyone reacted to, did you see who the third p- person was in that picture? Uh, well, oh, was that Donnie's son? Yes. Yeah. And Donnie's son is getting involved in some of this international scouting and stuff, and I think that's going to really be an exciting thing for Donnie is to develop his son, or not develop, watch his son develop, I should say, yeah. and help facilitate that. So. Uh, the Nelson basketball DNA is strong and continues on. DJ is going to find the next Doncic. Is that I hope so, man. Yeah. I oh, hope so. It's exciting time, Skin. We only got three more weeks until we get to see that guy play. I'm so pumped. So uh, cheers to J-Kid. Cheers to Steve Nash. Cheers to Don Nelson, you know, yeah. and to Donnie Nelson. Yeah. And to Mark Cuban and just everybody. Oh, my gosh. Good I years. hope Donnie goes in the Hall of Fame. He probably, I mean, well, that's tough, but he probably will, right? May- well, I don't know. I, what do they do with executives? It's different, Well, right? uh, I think, uh, you know, keep in mind, it's it's not an NBA Hall of Fame. It's a basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I think what Donnie's done in Lithuania. Yeah. Uh, I would, I don't know if we've talked about this. I talk about it a lot because I'm so interested in it. But if you can find the documentary, uh, I'm sure it's available. I haven't looked in a while, but I'm sure it's available on Netflix or Amazon or whatever. But it's called The Other Dream Team. Have you ever seen it? No. Okay, that's a homework assignment for you. Okay. The Other Dream Team. So everyone talks about the Dream Team in 1992. Do you know who won the bronze medal that year? I'm going to guess Lithuania. Lithuania. And a year before they won the bronze medal, Lithuania wasn't even a country. Really? It was part of the oh, Soviet post Union. Yugoslavia kind of? Yeah, it was part of this gr- bigger Soviet Union. I'm, I'm killing geography here. Yeah. But they had a revolution for their independence. Uh, and Marshall Onis, who played for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, coached by? Coached by, at that time, Don Nelson. And mm-hmm. then Donnie was, Donnie was the guy that got Marshall Onis here. Mm-hmm. And the reason Donnie got Marshall Onis here was because he competed in one of those athletes in action kind of traveling teams and had to cover Marshall Onis. And then went back to his dad. I was like, we've got to have this guy. And then did the legwork to go spend time in Russia and get him here. And then when he got him here, Lithuania was fighting for their independence. 
and it's a true underdog story, and so they were going to have a chance to be in the Olympics because it's Marshallonis and Arvidas Sabonis. Like, oh, the great Russian Olympic team, most of those guys were Lithuanian, their best Crazy. players. So they don't have any funding. The country doesn't have any money. So Donnie helps raise the money for Lithuania to have a uh, an, an Olympic team. And I, I don't want to give too much away, but just to pique your interest, their warm-ups – for the Olympics, were tie-dye. Really? <laughs> so if you want to find out why, okay. watch the other Dream Team. It's an incredible documentary about the Lithuanian. Because obviously everyone's focused on the Dream Team 92. Yeah. The other Dream Team, the Lithuanian team. It's an amazing story. Wow. And Donnie's in it. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that, that documentary about Luca and about Zanon Musa of uh, the Nets, that was just on, it was on TNT on NBA. They posted online probably like a month or two ago. That was just talking about kind of like the Balkan Peninsula, the former Yugoslavia, like all these players come from Croatia mm-hmm. and Serbia and all these places where like the population's not very high, but the like whatever in in America, one out of every fifty million people's in the NBA or whatever, you know, right. just something absurd. But then in Croatia, it's like, yeah, pick a village, like a guy from there from that town plays in the NBA, right? You know, like it's it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. And so that's and, very and, and interesting that Donnie has Donnie has said that before his knee injury, he thinks Arvidas Sabonis is the greatest basketball player he'd ever seen because like a legit seven two or three running like an elk and throwing behind the head passes, just like a giant Larry Bird, basically. Yeah, you know, and this is hey Jordan exists at this time period, and I was like, well, for me, give me the seven three guy that can do all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. I, I just love all those stories because I think a lot of our Mav fans don't know them, and so the reason we got off on this tangent is is Donnie Nelson a Hall of Famer? Donnie Nelson has done as much to advance basketball globally as any person. Yeah, I wonder if he would be just a contributor. Like, exactly. They, they let people in as a contributor, right? Exactly. That's it's it. a basketball Hall of Fame. It's not an NBA Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, yep. And now, as an executive, drafted Dirk, built a title team. Drafted Nash. Yeah, drafted Nash and made a couple very big trades. Yeah. Uh, was part of the rebuilding after Nash left. They go out and get Devin Harris. They get Jason Terry, get mm-hmm. Eric Dampier. Mm-hmm. A few years later, they win the championship. Got, so, J- got Jason Kidd here. Yeah, got Jason Kidd here. Uh, Donnie did pretty well. Yeah, I'd say he's done pretty well, and for sure. and we'll see if his next one does pretty well too, or his latest one, I guess. I feel Den- good Dennis about it. Dennis and Luca, both of them. I feel like one of them could be pretty good. Maybe I feel good. May- maybe both of them for even sure. Skin. Uh, okay, now that we're talking about the future, we're talking about Dennis. We're talking about Luca. We know that both of those guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, also, <laughs> one guy who's eligible next year, Sean Marion. Okay. Uh, I believe Sean Marion should go in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if you have any hot takes about that, but I, I think I, that he belongs. I think he does, too. I think there's a chance he gets overlooked um, because of the era that he's in. But if you want to have your mind blown, pull up the franchise leaders for the Phoenix Suns. It is a Sean Marion press kit. Is it really just rebounds? Dude, pick a category. Steals, blocks, probably everything? Top five in pretty much every category. Wow. Just pick okay. one. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, and I'm he, doing uh, that off of memory. But my memory is that it's a Sean Marion page. I'm guessing nobody's passed him in the last couple of years. I mean, dude, he, he he's, he's done it. I mean, it was like assist. Not assist. I'm sorry. Steals, blocks, rebounds, I think points. Points probably. Dude, yeah. he was like a 2010 guy for like three or four years in a yeah. row. Yeah. Just look at it. It'll blow you away. And as much as, and this is taking nothing away from Dirk, as much as we say that he changed the power forward position, Marion did a lot to change it too. Because, I mean, he was like six seven playing power forward. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think Nelly started all that, and I think D'Antoni took it to a, a next level. And, and uh, you know, I think D'Antonio had some uh, – D'Antoni had something that was more – methodical with what he was trying to do or more mm. planned out where Nelly will say, man, I was just trying to play my best players, create yep. mismatches. But for the Suns, it was about, all right, how do we create this tempo? Nash is the conductor. What's the best thing to put around him? And, uh, you know, it's guys that have skill, you know, and if you're 6'8", we think you can cover whatever we need to cover because we're going to wear that big guy out anyways. Yep. So, the and we talk about Mavs' Suns battles were great. Spurs' Suns battles were great. That was yep. an awesome era of basketball. Yeah, and uh, Mary and LeBron battles were pretty great for the Mavs. So uh, oh, yeah. Get my guy Matrix into the Hall of Fame. And you know what? Mary and Dirk battles were incredible. They were. They were, they were so really good. good. Yeah. They were really good. Um, okay, so that's Hall of Fame talk. Skin, it's time to make some predictions. Okay. We are still more than a month out. 
from the start of the regular season. That is October 17th for Dallas. I believe there are a couple games the night before, so that's October 16th. So that'll be – that's really kind of ground zero uh, day one for the NBA. It's only September 10th right now, so we still have a, t- a little while. Some things could change between now and then. But that doesn't mean it's too early to make some bold predictions. So we're going to make some takes right now. Okay. Live on the air. And we're going to make three of them. So I was—I came up as a writer, in case you couldn't tell. Uh, I'm not too great at the podcasting thing. I think thing. you're doing a damn fine job. Oh, Bob. thanks, Skin. But uh, yeah, I kind of cut my teeth, so to speak, in, uh, in Word, Microsoft Word. And as you <laughs> all know, if you highlight some words in, in Word, you can, you can format them three ways. You can italicize them, mm-hmm. you can underline them, and you can bolden them. And now we're going to make an italic take, an underline take, and we're going to make a bold take. Now, I don't need to define what a bold prediction is. That's something that is going to blow people's minds. Yeah. That is something that you, you just believe it's going to be true, and people are going to come on Twitter and they're going to harass you about it. Okay? Uh-huh. But you're going to go where no man has gone before right. when you make a bold prediction. An italic prediction, eh, it's kind of whatever, you know. It's going to be true, mm-hmm. but you just want to get it out there. Mm-hmm. And an underlying prediction is something that might make people kind of scratch their heads, going to give you the contemplative emoji response, but you're going to underline them and let them know this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Yeah, okay. it's going to be true. So so what is the what is the, the wackiest? The wackiest is the bold. The bold. I okay. want you to be bold. Bold, okay. I want you to make it size 72. Okay. You're going to, you're going to you know, post it uh, all over the end. It's going to make waves. Okay. I want to make waves. People are going to be talking about it. Yep. So let's see how crazy you can get, because mine, I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm afraid mine is not crazy enough, actually. Okay. But uh, we'll, we'll save that for last. Italic take skin. Uh-huh. My italic prediction, I'll start, and then I'll okay. go to you, yep. and then we'll, we'll trade. So my italic prediction is that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to play game one of the playoffs at home. They're going to be a top four seed in the East. That is my take. Last season, it was Toronto, Boston, Philly, and Indiana. Uh-huh. This year, I think Milwaukee is going to take down one of them. They okay. won 44 games last year. I think adding uh, Mike Budenholzer is going to give them a couple more wins. I think Giannis is going to give them a couple more wins. I think they're going to get close to 50. I uh, so uh, Cl- Cleveland, sorry, was fourth. Indy was fifth, but Cleveland, I'm you know they're going to. Okay, lose I don't want to rain on your italicized or underscored. Italicized. That's a la- it's a layup take. Oh, okay, good because I believe the same thing. Okay, I believe uh, I believe Coach Bud is you know top three or four, and I think he makes that much of a difference. Um, so now they were they were the seven seed last year, but they yeah. did win forty four games. So they're like they're close. You win five more games, you're. I, you have I think home court. they had. Uh, I think they had what I would just call institutional upheaval. Uh, going on there that I think is going to be straightened out with him. So I li- I like that take. I think that's I think that's a rock solid take. Um, so I'll go along that same line. I think that the three seed in the West will be the Lakers. Okay, you've said that before. And I, I still I still am arguing. That's fine. I'm still. But that's the point of the underscore. No, no. Take. These are yeah. These are some. Uh, these are predictions. Man. So I will. You will disagree with me on mine. Uh, but I will agree with you on yours. How okay. do you think about that? No, no, that's great. Here's my underline take. Let's see. This might fundamentally disagree with yours. Yep. So my underline take. This is a take that might make you scratch your head, but I'm I'm sticking by it. This is going to be true. The Mavericks will improve by more wins this year than the Lakers. So the Mavs won 24 games last okay. year. Yeah. The Lakers won 35. So I'm saying that uh-huh. the Mavericks are going to improve. Their net win total will improve by more than the Lakers. And that means, depending on how many games the Mavs win, because my take is going to be true no matter what, but yes. depending on how many games the Mavs win, the Lakers might play game one on the road. It might take like 50, 53 wins to, uh, to have home court in the West. And I, the think, Mavs, I think the Mavs are going to win a lot of games. I think they're going to win a lot of games too. And I, uh, without going in there and looking at all the, the records from last year, I think you're probably right. Uh, I fully expect the Mavericks to be in the playoff hunt and to go from a 24-win team to that. Do you think approaching 40, if not above? I mean... I mean, I, the playoffs probably, what, 44? I was going to say, I think 44. on the high end, the Mavericks have a chance. I don't want everybody to freak out. You talk about getting yelled at at Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I think they have a chance to be a 46 or 47-win team. Wow. Now okay. that, wow. Right? Okay. That's, that's, I'm, I'm top-ending that. Okay. That's everything yeah. goes right. You have relatively great health mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things. Uh, and so I'll underscore, or I'm italicizing while underscoring. Underlining. 
uh, and I'm using uh, a wacky font while I do it. Yep. How many teams last year had two, at least two players, average six assists a game for him? Uh, well, I know that Golden State did with Steph and KD. Now, let me just say, actually, Draymond led their team in assists. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, my now, God. Let me, so, they had three? Well, KD averaged five. Okay. And Steph didn't qualify because he of – He missed some games. But he averaged six. Okay. So, KD averaged five. Steph averaged six, and I think Draymond averaged seven. Uh, in that case, I'm going to say outside of Golden State, I think zero teams had two guys average six assists. I think if you really – if I had given you time to prep for it, you'd go, oh, obviously Houston. Oh, yeah, okay. Because okay. James Harden, Harden, Harden and Chris Paul. Yeah. And then there was one crazy outlier team. Who's that? Drew Holiday averaged six assists. Really? So Rajon Rondo averaged whatever it was, eight. Wow. Okay. okay. So so this, here's, one, here's the road I'm going down. All right. Okay. There was only one team in the league to have three guys average five or more, and that's the Golden State team that you mentioned. My wacky prediction that I'm willing to underscore and throw something at the wall, I think the Mavericks will have three guys average five assists. Now I like, I like where you're going. I think J.J. averaged six last year. J.J. will have five. Uh, I think Luca will have in the neighborhood of six, and I think Dennis will have in the neighborhood of six. See, that's so a I good think, take. I think they will have three guys average five assists a game this year. There you go. And last season, what was the criticism of the Mavs? Well, the ball's not moving enough. Why is Dennis playing so much ISO? Why is Barnes playing so much ISO? This year, not going to be a problem. And, and, and it's not just Luca that's making me say this. That matters. It's DeAndre. Absolutely. The hard roll opens up so many opportunities for guys to just square and knock it down. Why do you think J.J. averaged five a game? It's not because, I mean, he is a magician, but Dwight Powell did a lot of that He did a lot of that for him. And it's not just Dwight, it's Dwight and Dirk because, you know, Rick talks about the geometry of the game. When everyone everyone has a function, then it just, man, it starts humming. What happens whenever you stretch a rubber band real thin, right? You can just, like, tap it and it will split. Yep. Whenever you have Dirk 27 feet away and DeAndre zero feet away, Something has to give, right? One of them is going to be open. DeAndre is going to give Dennis and Luca both like two or three assists per game where they don't even have to – like all they have to do is literally just hand him the ball. Yeah. Uh, he, he makes it so much easier. Oh, my gosh. Three players with five assists. What do you think about that? That's a good take. I'm bringing that, some bold underscore man, that, action that's in a, That's an underlying take because – Crazy fonts. Like you said, only one team had five. Or only one team had three guys with five, right? Golden and it was State. like the best team in the league. Yeah, one of the best teams Ever. 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 This year, I suppose there's a chance that the Lakers could join them. You yeah, get LeBron, Rondo, and Lonzo. That's a lot of names that rhyme. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you get those three. Oh man, the Lakers could move the ball too. Yep. But uh, yeah, Whew. Mavs basketball. Okay, skin. I want you to give me a bold take now. This is a prediction that people might say they might accuse you of hanging out too much with Nelly mm-hmm. on his farm. Absolutely. Uh, they might. By the uh, way, uh, I'm going to Denver uh, October oh, okay. the 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. Okay. Just, uh, this is non sequitur. Okay, yeah. This is unrelated. We're talking about we're the talking future. About. I that, just, you're predicting that you're going to go to Denver? That's, well, that's, no, no, that's no, bold. Just, well, in case the podcast gets pushed back for oh, five okay. days. That's okay. why. I'm just I'll, kind I'll of a plan. scheduling note. I'll plan. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, that's good because the Mavs are playing in China. So yep, you're, yep. Yeah, okay. All right, cool. Yeah, uh, they might accuse you of having spent too much time in Denver, too. They might cancel out of this podcast they might close the window but they're going to come back yep because they want to hear what you have to say again so give me a bold take uh bold take is that this kind of uh goes for this season and then heads over uh into july okay my bold take is that Kawhi leonard signs a huge deal with the toronto raptors wow okay so you think it's going to be a a smashing hit uh i think he's going to love it there really and i think he's going to look at it uh you know one of the things is that there's other forces driving his world, you know, and I think that if if these other forces want you to be a star, you ain't going to shine in LeBron's shadow. And then you ain't going to – and then it's not only that, but then there's this whole Lonzo Ball thing, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the brow goes to L.A. I just think there's a lot of moving parts here. But I think for the impact he will have on that franchise – and for the space that will exist for him in the Eastern Conference and the proximity of Toronto to New York, 
I think it'll be a runaway smash success for him, and I think he'll stay in Toronto. Dude, that conference is wide open, too. Yep. I mean, what if he goes there and is healthy and Kyle Lowry's healthy and, and Serge is still pretty good? All of a sudden, that team is, like, truly legit. They got Absolutely. Danny Green, OG Ananobi. Like, they have some players on that So what team. do you think is a wackier prediction, that or the three guys with five assists thing? Oh, Because I wasn't sure. I thought they were both pretty out there. I think they're both pretty out there. They're both pretty – they're pretty bold takes, I think, both of them. You might not have even gone for an underline. You might have just had two bold takes. You think the Mavs are going to be like the Warriors, man. man. I screwed up your work. The Mavs are going to win 70 games. That's Probably. what That's what you just said. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. I think that – I think Toronto right now – I mean, Boston obviously is really good too, but – Is Kyrie hurt? I don't know. Does anybody know? I don't know. I don't know. What I mean, is Kyrie Irving? I, Give us a call. I, I text us. Send out a text know. message. What, what mean, is Kyrie Irving? What's happening? What is he? I mean, and Gordon Hayward, too. I mean, that's a lot of stuff to figure out. Toronto, they really only have one thing to figure out, and that's Kawhi. Yep. And the good thing is, like, DeMar DeRozan does a lot of the same stuff that Kawhi does. So, like, you might not even have to change the playbook. You might just be able to plug in a better player. I think it's really going to come down to more, like, and I think the space with which Kawhi can do the things he needs to do is more open than I think DeMar's limited. And, uh, Kawhi can do DeMar stuff from 28 feet away. Yeah, exactly. And so the real shift to me is how you dealing with that, Kyle. Yep. But if you want to win. Yeah, true. Uh, Toronto won 59 games last year, by the way. So you add healthy Kawhi to that. And whoo, yeah. The Raptors might be your one seed. Uh, my bold take skin. Yep. My bold prediction. I don't know if it's that bold now after having heard you uh, – Say yours, but my bold prediction is that Portland is not going to be in the playoffs. That's a good. That's that's good. That's they were nice the number three seed. They were last the three year. seed. That is quite a tumble. I think, they and it's not like they lost anybody. No, they didn't. That's but the problem is they didn't add anybody. Yeah, yeah. They're just the, they're the same team. So that's one of those things where you look at it and you go, okay, does Terry get credit for being a magician and getting them to that seed, or does he? take the brunt of it for them getting swept in the playoffs that's tough and see i it's no slight to him and no, or to portland in general i right. love cj mccollum and damian lillard is really 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 stinking good but the west is like a nuclear arms race right now yes denver basically added paul Millsap, right mm-hmm. la added lebron yeah that's two teams that did not make the playoffs last season right New Orleans made the playoffs. They lost Boogie, but they added uh, Julius Randle. I think losing Rondo matters, yeah, I, but I, I think, think so Anthony Davis, if he's healthy, is so ridiculously good they are in. Yeah. I mean, the Pelicans are kind of like they, – they lost some, some firepower. But the Spurs God. obviously lost firepower too. But yeah. if Portland makes the playoffs, that means that both of those teams won't make the playoffs. Uh-huh. Basically, that's how it's shaken out because you got Golden State, Houston, Lakers. I think we both agree those three teams are in. You got OKC and Utah. No one in their right mind is thinking they're going to miss. You got Denver and Minnesota, who both won at least – they both won 47 last year. Mm-hmm. And Denver added Millsap, so I think they're better. And after that, it's either Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio, the Mavs, Memphis, the Clippers, who people think are going to be pretty good. Minnesota's weird, dude. I don't know what to – I don't know. They have on paper they're a top four or five team in the West. They have one of the best players in my opinion, in the NBA. In Carl Towns, Anthony Towns, And yeah. Jimmy Butler is not far behind him. No, nah, he's That's, a stud. And when you have two of the very, very best players and you have Wiggins who hopefully could get a little better for them, I mean, how, how do you not win 50? Do you, do you know what they needed, honestly and truly? And this is going to – I think a lot of people know how I feel about this player, and they're going to be like, what are you saying? You sound like a crazy hypocrite. That's the team that needs Rondo. I could see that. Uh, more than Teague. I, and I'm just talking about really from a personality standpoint. Like, I think the reason, the, one of the main reasons New Orleans did what they did is Rondo gave them a personality that was going to go kick everybody in the crotch. Yep. And I think he just, for the things that he does that drives me crazy, which, by the way, I'm sure you saw the stories over the weekend where Ray Allen's going, man, Rondo froze me out. All right, that's a selfish, childish, absolutely stupid thing to do, and he does stuff like that, and we saw it on full display where, quite frankly, the guy quit. I, I thought it was one of the most disrespectful things to Dirk I've ever seen. I agree. Me that was one of the most disrespectful things I don't the NBA, get that. just a basketball I mean, I period. watched a person quit yeah. during a playoff series that is supposed to be some great competitor. Mm. I just thought In that the was, second game, too. I thought that was trash. In the second game. I, it's, it, it's hard for me to get over. You know, because I'm a Mav fan, and I guess I'm, you know, a child or whatever. <laughs> but that was disgusting, and I still, when I think about it, it disgusts me. But 
he does these other things at certain times that are really incredible. So he can sabotage and, oh, I'm going to freeze out Ray Allen. Or I'm going to quit and in front of everybody. Watch me put watch me foul Harden at midcourt. You know, it's like, what, what are you doing? But then he can turn around and sweep Damian Lillard. Then he can turn around and sweep Portland because the cast that's around him. So uh, I look at that team in Minnesota. That's a team that needs a personality like Rondo to get everybody's act together. Because yeah. right now they're – a bunch of things that don't know how to orbit one another. Yeah. And uh, it's, one it's Wiggins and Towns are you, those are your two leading scorers, and this is whatever. They both seem just kind of more like easygoing, sort of, you know. Now that Wiggins has his money, he needs to really embrace being Scottie Pippen, which it doesn't seem that he does. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know the inner workings of their organization. I know a guy that knows it really well and has told me some things, yeah. but. Uh, you know, skin with some reporting. Hey, what's up? Well, that's what happens, though. You know, you been around long enough you start meeting people and they tell you stuff but um he's got his money uh this is why i was like from a cowboy standpoint i always thought well des will be fine now because he's got his money yeah you know once a guy has his money he feels appreciated but that's not the way those things always work but if he would just embrace he has the ability to be an elite defensive player and man he coasts and he doesn't he needs to go be scotty pippen Mm. he could totally do that but you know Guys have people in their ear, and I want to be this, and I want to be that. But it, once you get your money, you're square. Go win. Mm-hmm. I just those things drive me crazy. But I mean, the recipe is there for them. They have a really, 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 really badass wing, and there's not many of those. Nope. They have a really, really good big man, and they there aren't many everything. of those either. He can do literally everything. everything. Literally everything. He is amazing. Towns, and then they have Wiggins who. If he becomes the Pippin, just really hard-nosed defender, plays with a lot of energy and scores, gives you 20 a game. Run the floor and knock down now shots. Now, that's hard. That's right. hard to do. But if he can do that, and he's talented enough, in my opinion, to do it. He's number one pick. He was the best player in the nation. Yeah. He absolutely can do it. It's yeah. just does he want to do it. Yeah. It's that classic uh, Popovich line, we want guys that have gotten over themselves. Yep. And it, it just it's amazing. It's easier to do once – I always think it's easier to do once you got your money. Mm. And then are you going to let ego get in the way of success? Mm. You've got your money. You can't get more money than that. That's the max amount of money you can get. What do you – It is truly the maximum. It's truly. Now go do the things you got to do to win. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's been great about this organization is they tend to find guys that are willing to put agendas on the back burner and, and shine. Yeah. Or have the team shine. Yeah. Yeah, no, Absolutely. So Minnesota, I think I kind of agree with you. They're sort of a wild card. They won 48 games last year. They were the eight seed. Yeah. I don't think it takes 48 to get in this year. Because teams beat each other up a little more. Yeah. But Minnesota was the eight seed last year, and I don't think they added anybody either. In fact, they, they lost Jamal Crawford, right? Yes. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm not sure. I know he was a free agent. There should be a Jamal Crawford know. tracker at all yeah. times. I never know where he Dude, is. Dude, he's on a different team every year. So yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know who they have coming off the bench. I'm not sure it matters because Tibbs plays his starters a lot, and that kind of is what it is at this point. Uh. But, yeah, Portland might be the odd team out. That's my Super Bowl take. Again, I love C.J. McCollum. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard is very extremely good. Mm-hmm. But they didn't add anybody in a summer whenever, like, even the Mavs drafted Doncic and uh, I, what acquired Doncic and DeAndre. Yeah, I, I mean, think that's a fantastic take. I have no I mean, problem with that take. I think it would be shocking to go from three to out, but – I could see crazier it. Crazier things have happened, man. Oh, yeah. and, and again, I mean, last year, I think they won like 49 and they were three. Or like yeah. 51 or something. Like, it was really close. So yeah, it's all bunched Three to nine up. isn't outrageous. Right. And I don't know what that, whatever. We could talk big picture. I don't know what that would mean for their franchise if they don't make the playoffs. They've been in every year, basically, since I've been alive. They're always, always in the playoffs. Portland right. is just always in the playoffs. It feels but. like they need to, just from a balance standpoint, split up Lillard and McCollum. Not because I don't think that they can play together. I absolutely do. But I look at where they need things, and I feel like the best way for them to get there, those guys have tremendous value, and I think Lillard's a better player than McCollum, so it makes more sense to move McCollum to see if you can get other things to fit around around Lillard. How different would it have been if they would have gotten Parsons? Oh, my God. I mean, they would be, they'd be in trouble They'd financially, in but trouble. if they had gotten the best version of Parsons, that would have been a pretty good team. You just weren't going to get the best versions of Parsons because his knee got yeah, away. His knee just, yeah, but that I, was – it came down to Portland and Memphis, right? Yes, that absolutely. Yeah. And apparently the swing vote was Mike Conley Jr. making uh, Chandler feel, feel like – now, he there's ties because, you know, when he was in Houston, you know, Bickerstaff and those guys were in Memphis and mm. let's do this. 
Um, so, you know, he, there was a, a familial thing there. Yeah. But uh, I, I think Portland's probably really happy they dodged that bullet because mm. poor Chandler's needs ain't holding up. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that's my bold take. Portland Good will take. be – Yeah. Maybe we can – so CJ McCollum does host a podcast. Maybe uh, we can get him on our podcast. I don't know. I, bet, I think we can. We talk basketball? Yeah. I love CJ. CJ, if you're listening – you're one of my favorite players in the league. We may have to take his sidekick, Jordan Schultz, on the podcast, too, to get it done, but I'd Absolutely. be willing to do that. Schultz Report? Yeah. Dude, I'm down. Yeah. Let's have a podcast collab, man. Podcast powwow. Let's talk basketball. Again, this is not like a. This is not me dunking on the Blazers. I think the Blazers are really good. The Blazers might finish ahead of the Mavs in the standings, but I just feel like I'm trying to be bold here, and uh, there's not room for five teams from one division to make the playoffs again. Right. All five teams from the Northwest made the playoffs last year, Skin. That's Is that right? Be, that's got to be the first. Well, no, I'm sorry. Denver did not. They were the nine seed. They, they, weren't they Min- playing Minnesota on it the was final a night? Of, yeah, yeah. 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 So four teams did, but five of the top nine. Right. That's like insane. That's insane. There's just no way. That is ludicrous. Luda. Yeah, to tie it back. Uh, okay, so those are our uh, italics, our underlined, and our bold takes. To be clear, Skin predicts the Mavs to win 67 games this year. That was his bold take. Yeah, well, I'm going to say 68 because okay. uh, they're going to top the Mavs of 067. Is yep. that the year? Yep. Yep. Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, I think uh, I I think it's very possible that all six of our takes happen. I think it is very possible, actually. And then what award do we win at that point? Uh, is that a Pulitzer? What know. is that? Yeah, we get a Pulitzer. We get a Naismith Award. I yeah. don't know what that is. Yeah, we get one thousand five star ratings on iTunes. Yep. Hopefully, everybody gives us those. Uh, all right. Anything else that you want to add before we get out of here? Again, we are two weeks away from Mavs Media Day, and again, I'm sorry to cut you off. Before I ask if you want to add something, I decided I want to add Do something it, myself. Dog. Take that. Uh, Media Day, September 21st. We will be live streaming uh, interviews with basically every player, and also hopefully head coach Ray Carlisle. That will be on Mavs.com and also, I believe, our Facebook page in the afternoon on Friday, Sept 21. So go ahead and block off those hours. Do we know what time yet? Uh, I think it usually starts at like 1. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. But it might be different because um, uh, this is like really behind the scenes stuff, I guess. But uh, there's typically two media days. So the first media day is whenever they do all the interviews. Second media day is whenever we make all the funny videos that we show at the games and share online. Uh, because they're going to China, there is no second media day. So what a crunch. our media day might be longer, yeah. in which case our broadcast might start in the morning, not in the afternoon. Ah. But, so we got we to gotta figure that out. But, uh, yeah, we will, we will give you the times. I'm assuming it's going to be around lunchtime. That's usually when it starts. Hopefully it is so I can get some of that sweet, sweet Jimmy John's are you, before are, the God, broadcast. I love Jimmy John's. My yeah. son loves Jimmy John's, and he's got the finickiest little taste buds. Hey, do you want to uh, – can we tease a special guest yet, or are we not going to do it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So we well, well uh, I don't know. I don't know. Are you talking about that guest? Yeah. Hopefully soon, a special hopefully, guest. Hopefully very soon, yeah. a very special guest. Yeah, that's right. George Clooney will be joining <laughs> yeah. the podcast. Yeah, we'll ask him to make a bold take, too. Yeah, he loves making – he's a good, pretty good little basketball player. Is he really? He's from Kentucky. Have you – how do you know that? Have you played uh, against him? So I have not played with him, but I have played with someone who has played with him. Okay. Uh, and in those little celebrity circles, I mean, he's getting So you there. are like six degrees from Kevin Bacon then. You're like four degrees. I'm more like 25 degrees. Well, no, you know someone who knows George Clooney? Or just hooped with George Clooney. Okay, so they don't really know him. Uh, right. Well, they know him. Okay. So yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, he organizes a lot of pickup games. Really? Yeah. Now this is you know going back over the last ten years or so, fifteen years. So I don't know if he does it as much now. I mean, you get old and yeah. it's hard to hoop. Yeah. Uh, but you know when Adam Sandler would come to town, he would use the Mavericks facility. Really? Yeah. Wow. He, he used to like to play a lot of pickup basketball. Dude, we should get Adam Sandler on the pod. What's going on? The, let's holler at Cubes. I mean, that's what they do. They contact Mark Cuban and say, I'm in town, and he gives them access. Okay. We should reach out to Cuban. Yeah. We should get Cuban on the podcast. What are we doing? Well, I would say, it feels Why like we, we could pull here? this off. Yeah. It feels get like on it, Bobby. What are you doing? Skin, you got to help me out. You're wearing man. a shirt that says Mavs on it. Pull this off. Yeah, that's true. I got I to gotta, I gotta do better. I got to do better. It's the off season for all of us. I got to get head to training camp and uh, – and get my butt into shape. Let's go. All right, Skin. Thank you for joining me as always. I love you, man. This was a great time. Uh, this is also the last time that we're going to take multiple weeks off of this podcast. That's right. Until the end of time. We will be with you weekly moving forward. Uh, Skin is back from training camp. I'm back from my staycation. Mavs basketball is almost back. We are only 11 days away. I can feel the excitement. I've been like shaking my legs, both legs. 
the entire time we've been talking. That's I'm just, caffeine, baby. The yeah. caffeine is uh, circulating throughout our body. I also body. had 14 cups of coffee this morning. <laughs> I'm ready to rock and roll. We are back, and uh, we'll be back with you next week, like Skin said, hopefully with a super-duper special guest. But in the meantime, we will see you this weekend at Dirk Nowitzki's Pro Celebrity Tennis Classic. Again, tickets for that, dnfoundation.org. Follow Skin on Twitter. He'll be tweeting out the link. We'll be tweeting out the link for Mavs. Go there, watch some tennis. After that, watch our Media Day stream. Always listen to numbers on the boards. And we will be back with you guys next week. See ya.